Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope today's message encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy today's message. All right, so good to see you guys. Hey, welcome. You doing well? Hey, I got to tell you something really cool that happened at the nine o'clock service. I will tell you. I want to welcome everyone joining us in Cape, church family there. So at the nine o'clock service, uh, there was a, a woman that was here and she just here this weekend and, and had someone, she asked, hey, where's a good church for me to go to? And they said, go to Ocean Church. So she came in and th- this is how amazing this is. I can't, like, I'm still just buzzing from this. It was one of the NICU nurses that helped us take care of the quadruplets. So this is like 10 years ago. She had no idea. She thought we were in California. She just knew that we moved somewhere by a beach. So she's sitting in in service through worship. and, and, And then when I walked out, she was like, oh, my gosh. So we just got to to go through pictures and go back and and it was so special so thank you for letting me just share my moment with you it's pretty cool um would you join me in standing we're gonna read from the word and make room for him to to meet us today jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31 god is talking about the new covenant that he has for you and I. Jeremiah 31, 31 says this, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we ask that this would happen today. Lord, for those online, those in Cape, those in the room, Lord, that that your instructions, you said I would write them. No, that's you. And so, Lord, our part is to open our hearts to you and say, God, go to every place that we have resisted you. Go to every place that our flesh wants to say, my way. And, Lord, we we say, go to those places so that we would respond and say, your way, your will be done in our lives. Holy Spirit, this is your work. We simply yield to you today in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, so we, we've talked about this, and, and we're going to continue. Last week, we had over 200 questions that were submitted, and all of them just made, you, made me love you more. I love and I want to say thank you for being willing to be so vulnerable and open with the, the deep wrestlings that you're walking through. Um, it just made me love you, except there was one question that, that annoyed me a little bit. It was like, why does Josh have a University of Illinois sweatshirt on? I thought he was an Oklahoma fan. I am an Oklahoma fan. It's a cool vintage sweatshirt. Just appreciate it for what it is. Gosh, it was just a cool sweatshirt. Man. Uh, 
But there are so many, so many different questions, and really what, what I've done is I've identified three themes that, that you could see in these questions. And so I want to I address them at each service. The 9 o'clock I address one of the themes. I'm going to address one of the themes in this service and, and then in, at the 1230. And then we'll, we'll have all of those available if you want to go back. And if you go, well, my, my question wasn't answered in this service. We'll have all of these posted where you can, you can go because we just tried to identify the, the consistent themes. All of that comes with this understanding that the change that, that is needed in our marriage and families comes not from people changing according to how we want them to, but the needed transformation happens by our hearts going, not my will be done, but your will be done. And the, the deep wrestlings that, that, that God invites us to, to walk with him and know him in that place. And so um, that, that happens a lot of ways, but it's really that, that, that place of I'm not writing this story. I'm not taking the pen back from God in writing my story. He is leading this. He is driving this. Um, I used to, to preach. There was a conference, a, a youth conference that happened every year in Honduras. And, and, and so Anna and I, a number of years in a row, they had us down and I would preach for this conference and they had thousands of, of teenagers that would just come in and it was a blast. It was awesome. And, and, uh, but the afternoon sessions were always the ones that were, they weren't as attended as well as the, the night sessions. And, but man, some of those powerful things happen in those sessions. And so this afternoon session I wasn't speaking. The pastor of the church was there. He was speaking, and he was talking about brokenness before God, really what we're talking about, this place of wrestling with the Lord and saying, your will be done, not my will. And he was talking about a, a revivalist named Evan Roberts who, who led the Welsh revival. And, and Evan Roberts, was a, he was a young man that cried out to God, and he, he, would, he would have the, these times of prayer, and he would, he would pray throughout the night, and he would say, God, break me. And he would cry out to God. He was, he was a young man that made others uncomfortable because he was so passionate about God moving in and through his life. And, and so the pastor's preaching this message, and, and I saw it, it, at this service something I don't know that I've, I've seen any other time in my life. Spontaneously, he didn't say, everyone, let's get on our knees. Spontaneously, thousands of teenagers just being able to get on their knees. It was amazing. And, and so I'm on my knees in the, in the, on the front row just there, just going like, Lord, this is incredible. And so I'm there, and, and in this moment, I'm on my knees. I just want to paint it well for you. It's, it feels like such a spiritual moment. And this is what I begin to hear. And I kind of peeked up. I'm like, somebody's about to get fired. And I look up, and the pastor, I thought the pastor would be like, but he's doing this. He's telling him to turn it up. And Carrie Underwood led the altar call at a Honduran youth conference. I had them all going, Jesus, take the wheel. And it was at that point I just said, Lord, I give up. I don't understand. I don't know how to do this church thing. This is incredible. Jesus, take the wheel. 
isn't it amazing that, that, that God just, he moves in ways that we just go like, Lord, I just don't understand. I don't get it. I'm simply going to yield to it. I don't know another place that reveals more of those moments than marriage and family. It is the greatest vehicle to, to highlight and see the, the places of our flesh that we hold on to that we want to say, I want it my way. And the Lord gives us this incredible gift of family and a spouse who will help us see with such perfect clarity the places that our will and our flesh needs to be crucified with Christ. It's just beautiful pain, isn't it? <laughs> so it, it, is, it is this place of, that, that you and I go to. Living in the new covenant is living with this understanding. One of the questions that came in, I want to hit right away, is about baptism. It's a great question. It said this. If baptism is publicly declaring your faith, does serving at a church take away the need for baptism? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Colossians chapter 2 is what I want to read to you from so you understand. And those of you who are, who are following this, this wonderful ordinance that the Lord gives us, this sacrament of the church, I want you to have right expectation for what happens at baptism. Because it is not just simply a public declaration. It is a heart work place that God meets us in. And one of the things I love about baptism is when you're baptized, there's a certain part. Because if you do it right, it's, it's, you follow, that, that word means full submersion. It's baptismo. It is under the water. And especially when you baptize kids, sometimes they think they understand. And then you start to do that. And then they start to fight it. Because we all are at that place of going like, wait, 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 you mean I'm going to be, out, this is out of my control. You, you mean and, and that, that I don't get to, to be in control of every moment? Why would God have this ordinance that way? So that as we begin our walk of faith in following Jesus, we would know it begins with him in control and his power leading, not mine. Colossians 2 says this. Verse 10 says, so you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Baptism, it is a public declaration of faith, but more than it is a public declaration, it is a place of realizing that my sinful nature is being cut away by the power of God. It is death to my way, new life in his strength and his way. So thank you for asking that question. Uh, like I said, the questions that came in, over 200, but there were some themes. I want to hit a, a family theme and really some of the wounds that, that were um, just, just talked about and questions asked from a place of, I would say, betrayal of covenant by family members. There are, are, are situations like addiction, situations of, of where people are questioning, going, how do I have good, healthy boundaries to protect my family without rejecting this family? How do I wrestle with that? And so I want to point us to some good places. 
Before I do that, we're going to read from uh, John, and we're going to look in John 21, because Jesus uses some words in John 21 that I believe that, that point us to this understanding of what it is to walk in covenant love. If we're, if we're called into a new covenant, and this is a, a different way of living, a different way of, of receiving from God, then what does that love look like? What does it look like to receive it? What does it look like to give it? So there are, there are four words that, that the Greek language used for love. I'll go through them real quickly. The first that we, we know is this word eros. We get the word erotic from this. It is the intimate sexual love, the gift that, that God gave for husbands and wives in the covenant of marriage. And so we, we know that, that, that it is, it is uh, this beautiful desire that God gives. The second word that we know is this word storge. Storge is this word that is like a nostalgic love. It's like we've been through some things. We, we, we've had time together. And, and this, this place of understanding, like we, we walked through some things and, and, and there's good memories and bad memories, but, but we've, we've been through it. So storge, this nostalgic place of, of affection that we have for each other. And then there's phileo. This is this uh, place of, of deep friendship, not just simply that, that we have um, united places of, of understanding and common interests that, that unite us and that we, we like about each other, but phileo is this wonderful place where uh, if you've ever been in, um, you know, around people that, that, are, that are like a networking group, it's an uncomfortable place where the word friend may be thrown around, but you know in those networking circles where people are in it just for the influence that they think you have for them? And, it, and we throw that word friend in there. Phileo is beyond that. It is, hey, I, I'm in this, and, and I don't need anything from you. I'm just your friend. I, I, I'm not in this. So it, it's, a, it's a closer, deeper walk, less conditional but then there is this word that you really don't find outside of Scripture that Jesus uses for his love for you and I and the love that we're to have for each other. And it's this word agape. Jack Hayford describes agape this way. He says, agape denotes an undefeatable, undefeatable benevolence and an unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what he does. It is the selfless love that gives freely without asking anything in return and does not consider the worth of its object. Agape is a love by choice, and it refers to the will to love rather than the emotion of love. So John 21, we find Peter and Jesus having this discourse where Peter is talking with Jesus, but he's talking to him from a place of he's close to his own failure. He's close to his own deficiency. He, he's right on the heels of telling Jesus, hey, if the, all these other idiots leave you, I'm not leaving you. It's you and me, Jesus. And Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. He's like, no, I never will. And he's face to face with his Lord and Savior in the midst of this failure, right on the heels of it. This is what Jesus says to him. This is John chapter 21, 
Verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Do you love me? Do you agape me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I phileo you. I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I phileo you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? Peter was heard that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I phileo you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I want to talk about agape love and how we answer these questions from a place of looking at the love of God that he has for us. Allowing that love to fill us, transform us, meet us again and again in our failures and transform our relationships and our families and our marriages. First thing I want to say about agape love is it is lived out without fear. God's love will go after the fear that tries to fill our hearts. They cannot coexist. First John chapter 4, verse 16 says, God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And we live in, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love, such agape has no fear because perfect Love expels fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment, and this shows we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. So here are some of the questions that were submitted about brokenness in families and difficult family situations. How do I help my mom who struggles with alcoholism? I have been continuously praying for her and I feel hopeless. My relationship with my mother has been broken for years due to her mental health. She wants to make amends, but I want to keep my peace. What would God want me to do? Is it okay to choose not to have my mom in my life anymore because of her addiction? You know, I want to say this. It was fascinating to me, that, and it just, it just says God's speaking to this in a certain way. It, it, there, were, there were a few questions about uh, fathers, but predominantly about these kind of situations with the mom. How can I best support my parents in their ailing marriage when I really don't feel like it's my place? So... I, I, I am not arrogant in, in the sense of going, I have the answers for each of these questions. There is context and specific places that, that you are to prayerfully walk this out. I'm going to point you to some resources. And some of the things that, that I want to say is uh, you may need the support of biblical counseling to be able to process the context of these situations. These are far too, too deep, and, and uh, there, there's just so much that, that goes into these for me just to simply say, here's step one, two, and three. But here's where I want to I point you to wrestle with God, and it's this. 
I want to ask you, number one, to identify what fear is trying to say to you. Like as you, as you look at the situations and you look and go like, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with, with my mom who is, is bound in alcoholism and it's destroying our relationship? What do I do? Well, what is fear trying to say to you? Fear is trying to say things like it's always going to be this way. Fear is trying to say things like this is going to end really, really bad. All I simply want to submit to you is that fear can say it's worst and Jesus will still be there. And there is a place of knowing the love of God where, where fear wants to, to, to make us afraid of a, of a result and that our energy and our capacity would go into this place of just simply fearing a result that hasn't happened. And I like to say it this way, fear, you can say all that you're going to say, and it may all even come true, and Jesus will still hold my life. The worst of the worst can happen to me, and Jesus Christ will still have the final say on my life. My life is not my own. And so part of wrestling with these situations is to identify what is fear trying to say? Because our decisions are to be made from a place of faith. So we identify what is fear trying to say? And then we're going to tell fear. That may happen. Jesus still is Lord over my life. I'm not going to make decisions based on what you say may happen. I'm going to make decisions out of faith in Jesus. So you got to wrestle with it that way. And then you look and it, what it does, and it, it leads us to this place. I call it the place of faith. Every situation in our life is desperate for you and I to find the place of faith in. And so you may be in times where you're looking and you're like, Lord, Ephesians 6 says, I, 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 <clears throat> I'm called to honor my father and mother. How do I honor someone who is living in this kind of way, addicted in this way, and damaging themselves and damaging the relationships? Listen, honor does not mean access. Honor may look like saying, because I love you so much, I am not going to allow you to have access to my family. But this is the place of wrestling. My point is that that may be it, or it may be honor may look like, hey, God has given me a place with you, and we're going to walk together through this. Both places have to be accessed from a place of knowing. I've heard fear. I've told fear the worst can happen, and I'm not making my decisions based on that. I'm making my decisions on the truth, the reality that Jesus Christ has the final word over my life. And that leads us to the place of faith because it's not this answer is right, this answer is wrong. It is this answer is rooted in faith in Christ. The confidence that you need to make those decisions, whether it be to set healthy boundaries or whether it be to walk with someone, a walk with a family member, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, it is where those decisions are made from. We wrestle with fear, find the place of faith. And then there, there's great resources. One of the, there's a, a set of books called Boundaries by Dr. John Townsend and Henry Cloud. They're phenomenal books. 
And they, they give great context to, to difficult relationships and how do we get to a place of setting healthy boundaries? What can those boundaries look like? Those are great resources. Counseling is a great resource. And all of that points us to, to help us identify what do boundaries look like in these difficult situations. So that as we walk this out, we enforce boundaries. We walk with family members from a place of faith, not a place of fear. It's how the Lord leads us. And that's the place of, of agape love. What does it look like to release? Do you know, you know that we're called, and, and this is a, a, a repeating place in our lives. Like right now, I, I'm at a place where, where all six of our kids, um, they're in our home. But there will be a day where I release them out of my home to a walk with God in this life. Every parent goes through this. And then we have this, this other place, and I, I've walked through, th- with times, through times with my parents where, you know, my parents pastored for 27 years in Minnesota, and we had questions, and we'd talk, and we would pray about, are Anna and I supposed to take the church there? And, and you better believe that, that I, I wrestle with those things like, if we don't, what gonna, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What are they going to say about my dad if I don't take the church? And, and it, it doesn't, doesn't look perfect, doesn't look beautiful, and doesn't look like it's growing and thriving. What's going to happen? The Lord had to walk me to a place to listen to fear and say, hey, uh, before they were yours, they were mine. And after, they're still mine. Will you release them to me? And so as we prayed through that, there was a place of faith that we wrestled with where I released my mom and dad and said, Lord, they're yours. I don't get to write what needs to happen in their lives. I release them to you. That is the place of faith. You say, well, what happened? Well, they're here and I'm here. <laughs> so I ain't mad at it. It's an incredible place, but it didn't look like that right away. It looked like this, this place of wrestling with fear, going, God, what's going to happen if I release this to you? That's the place of faith. The second thing about agape love is that it comes at great cost to pride and self. And the gift of the covenant of marriage is the wonderful bullhorn that reminds us of this all the time. Uh, <laughs> I want to I just give you just a little touch of uh, the questions that were submitted, and I hit them in the first service, but I, they were so fun that, that I wanted to bring them back for you too. Uh, first of all, we need to pray for this brother. There was a question that was uh, submitted that went like this, shouldn't the woman lead the seat up? <laughs> I think they should. So we're just going to pour one out for that brother. He's, he may be dead. He may not, he may not be with us anymore. <laughs> There's some other questions that were, that were just so good. How do I get my husband to join me in church? Will I be a sinner if I know he doesn't attend, even if I ask God for forgiveness for him? 
Can, can you see the way that, that like releasing these places are, are, it is such a difficult place. We want, we want to carry weight. And I want you to know this. You are not meant to carry the weight of transformation for your spouse or your family. That is the Holy Spirit. Don't try to take his job. Our obedience to him looks like pointing them to him. And sometimes that looks like being very quiet and saying, God, fill me with agape love. Because if he tells me to put the seat up again, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) There was this question. How do I get my wife to wear lingerie for me? I love you, Ocean Church, so much. (laughs) Y'all are just the best. So I want to invite you to sit in the places of what is that saying to you? What, What are you hearing by the lack of something that, that you want to have happen? What, what is it saying to you when it, when it doesn't happen? Is it saying that, that, that you don't think that she desires you the way that you want her to or that she thinks about you enough? These are, these are real places for us to wrestle with. Here, here's where we wrestle these places too. Understanding, what, 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 why am I reacting the way that I react to this? Jesus, you said I'm complete in you. I don't feel complete right now. I feel a little insecure. This is real wrestling. This is, this is, these are real places for us to bring to him. This is what should come out of that place. Honesty that we're able to communicate. Hey, when this happens, this is how I feel. I don't feel like you care much about our time together. You make space for, for if there are lies that are there to be addressed. But here's what also should come out of you, and this is what I want you to hear even more than the sharing how it makes you feel. You make sure that you do not have that conversation until your heart is at this place. If this, if this never, ever changes, I am still in this 100%. That's when you know that you have brought it to the Lord and you've released it to him. Saying, Lord, you said I'm complete in you. And so, and what what happens when we open our hearts that way is we get to receive his agape love. We get to receive the, the lack of conditions that we drink from all the time that he deals with us from this beautiful place where he does not condition our love for him. If this never changes, I'm still in 100%. So I said there were three places, that three themes that the questions really followed. The third theme is this place that, that I would just deem impossible questions. Questions about dealing with suicide. Questions about uh, the loss of a loved one to cancer at a young age. 
the loss of these places where you've cried out to God and and it didn't change. And I'm not going to pretend to have those answers and make some nice, smart-sounding, philosophical answer to those questions. I simply want to point us to this last place. Agape love only comes by receiving agape love. This verse, these verses in John 21, they, they highlight where Peter was at. And it's really where, where all of us are at in these places where we, we have these wrestlings that we don't know what the answer is to and that they're heartbreaking, they're heartrending. God, where were you when this happened? How would I ever answer someone who's been abused and ask that question, where was God when this was happening? Can you make room for him to tell you where he was? One of the things that is so important about freedom ministry and these times that we set aside time to wrestle with these things is, is that there is space for these questions to be asked. Sometimes we just think we have to be so proper that we can't ask those questions. And God wants to meet us in that. Peter's in that place where he's going, Jesus saying, hey, Peter, do you agape me? And don't read Peter going like, "Um, no, I choose not to. Peter's going, I don't think I got it. I failed you. Lord, all I got is phileo. That's all I got. That's the best that I have right now. That's the most that I can bring right now. Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? He's like, no, I can't. I don't know how. I don't know how to get to that place. I don't know how to, to, for my love to grow to that place. Galatians 4, Paul says, he's talking to the people of God, and he says, I labor as in birth that Christ would be formed in you, that, that his love would grow in you. It's a labor. It's a painful labor. We don't start at the fullest expression. We start with a God that says, I agape you, and where do you, what do you have for me? Now, how does God meet him in the last? He says, Peter, do you phileo me? What, what is he doing? He's saying, um, if this never changes... I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to be faithful to this covenant that I have with you. I'm going to meet you where you're at. You don't have agape right now. It's something that's beyond you. You don't have the answers to what you're wrestling with. God, where were you when this happened? What does wrestling with him look like today? Because that's where he wants to meet you. I love that he says, Peter... Do you phileo me? Peter, I'm, I'm right here. I'm going to step close. Y'all that are here going, I, I don't know what to do with the questions. God, I don't know how to get the answers for this. This pain is overwhelming. And God, I don't know. I see my failure and I see my brokenness and I see my inability to understand what has happened. And I don't know what to do with it. And God says, hey, Come on, what do you got? Because I'm going to meet you with what you have. 
All you got's phileo. I'm going to meet you with what you have. That's the place that we're transformed. Would you bow your heads with me? Cape, if you do the same. Today may simply look like for you that God wants to have you in a posture of just receiving his love. Some of you are arguing with him loving you, him delighting in you. And your arguing looks like, hey, I can get it together. I can, I can stack some good things together. I've done good things before. I can give you good reason to love me. I can make this covenant make sense. And I just want to tell you that math is not going to math. And God's Spirit is simply inviting you to posture yourself and just receive what it is to be loved by a Father that delights in you. He just wants to tell you how much He loves you. He wants you to lay down the works and the things that you're trying to bring to Him. And He wants to say, you can't have that in your hands to receive what I have for you. You've got to lay it down. And if you're going to be transformed, it starts by receiving this love. I want to ask you if you're here and you've never received Jesus. God's dealing with your heart. And maybe some of the questions that you've had, that you have has kept you from even opening your heart to him in this way. If you've never received Jesus and you say, Josh, I want to receive Jesus today. I want you to boldly lift your hand. I want to pray over you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lift it up high. Let me see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You can put them down. This is between you and me and Jesus. That response is the most life-changing moment that you will experience. It goes beyond feeling. It goes beyond emotion. It goes straight to the faithfulness of Almighty God who sees and keeps His promises like no one else. Church, we're going to pray together. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray in unison with the family of God. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, I see you as the Son of God who died for my sins, who was raised again, and has invited me to close friendship with God. And I receive that. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I don't want religion. I want you. Would you transform my life? Holy Spirit, I renounce my way and I receive yours. Not not my will be done. Your will be done. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or would like to connect with us, visit us at OceanChurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.